Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Adnan Shafi, and I'm going to be your host today on Pariah Nation. Today, we have a very special guest with us. His name is Ben Hoffmeister. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, hi all, hi guys. Um, yeah, my name's Ben. Um, uh, kind of been on a bit of a, for me, a unique and um, interesting journey, I guess. Uh, set up a few businesses, uh, first being a sport agency. Uh, so kind of gone through a bit of trials and tribulations on that. And then more recently launched um, a CBD brand. Um, mm. so yeah. yeah, so I mean, we'll, the structure of the podcast is just gonna go as follows. So we're probably just going to obviously find out what's happening on the back end what was the foundation of these mm-hmm. entrepreneurial ideas what did it really start from do you what were you in it for and uh, we'll start moving into the specifics of your two businesses yep um, obviously I think the focus mainly will be on the up-and-coming business of the CBD oils and how exactly it functions so yeah without further ado let's get right into it um, where did this entrepreneurial fire come from and what are you in the entrepreneurship game for? Okay, so uh, I'll start with the first one. In terms of the fire, um, it's actually quite hard to kind of pinpoint the kind of origin of it. Mm-hmm. I think that I've, um, as I look back and reflect on uh, kind of like my character and um, how I was growing up, um, certain kind of traits or behavior traits, you can kind of see that um, like certain behaviors or certain just a traits can lean towards entrepreneurship mm. in the sense of, um, I was quite a curious child. Um, I kind of always asked questions, wanted to understand the meaning behind things. Mm. Um, never really kind of settled for the status quo. So in in school, that means I was a bit of a, I guess, a troubled <laughs> child in the sense of troubled teachers weren't, yeah, I wasn't yeah. exactly the teacher's favorite student. Um, mm. Which uh, at that time when you're younger, you're I was a bit more uh, kind of abrasive and a bit more um, out of control. Mm. Um, so, um, so yes, that led to kind of those kind of um, moments. But um, yeah, I always kind of like saw other opportunities and could do stuff differently or could you know, see there was like tweaks to be made. Um, so I'd always try and kind of find that edge or um, do stuff myself. Um, at the same time, I was also quite lazy in ways. So <laughs> would try and find the most efficient way to kind of do things. Um, but in terms of about me, I think a lot, a lot of the time our decisions or kind of journeys can be paved from our kind of experiences and mm. how we step outside a comfort zone whether directly or indirectly consciously or subconsciously and um, so t- to kind of get a bit of understanding about me um, my uh, I kind of grew up in London so I was born in um, southeast London in uh, you know it wasn't a relatively uh, bad place but it was mm. um, yeah, kind of southeast at the time it was right by a prison called Belmarsh prison so it's, you wow. know, it's not, the, not the best of areas yeah although it was I had a great childhood in the sense of I had a very loving family um, very supportive very close um, you know had you know decent friendship group and things like that but when I was um, two years old my dad was uh, diagnosed with cancer so he had a, a brain tumor um, and he was diagnosed with he was terminally ill so he had six months to live um, Gosh, sorry about that. and it's okay I think um, you know things happen and, and that um, has um, I guess enabled me to do things in certain ways but he was diagnosed with six months to live when I was two years old and my mum was pregnant with my sister at the time um, and uh, she made the decision uh, essentially kind of forcing the doctors saying we're not going to tell him he's got six months to live 
because she's a very mm. big believer on uh, the kind of the power of the mind and if you believe you have six months to live you have six months to live mm. if that makes sense so yeah if you it's almost like simplify that down if you believe you can do something you're a hell of a more likely to do it and manifest it than if you believe you can't do something um so uh to her that was really important so she said we're not going to tell him and i think because she was pregnant at the time the doctor thought you know what yeah we'll kind of we'll go with her on this call mm. um because it's quite you know it's a, it's a i guess a touchy subject if you can tell should you be allowed to tell someone or not but she made that decision and she thought that was best for him and she knew him obviously better than anyone kind of thing so um and in the end he lived six years wow and so the doctor and it's a brain tumor so it's like a very you know deep um it kind of illness um and uh but from that it meant he got to see me grow up and he got to be more mm. part of mine and my sister's amy's life um and uh so anyway after so he died when i was eight years old or just about to turn eight um the school area district i was in it wasn't you didn't go to great secondary schools my primary school was amazing secondary schools weren't that good um uh, so my mum decided to move um to taunton where a lot of her family were her sisters her mum and dad so my grandparents and i'm extremely close with them um and uh and so we moved to taunton everything's great it's kind of like a quiet town in somerset um and uh, when I was 15 years old, my sister Amy was killed in a car accident. So, um, it, it, yeah, again, it's kind of, um, you know, it's, I'm a big believer in, um, what believer, I, I love the message of yin yang. So there's kind mm. of, um, this kind of everything is entwined and, um, you know, to have, you can't have good without bad. You can't have bad without good. So there's this, uh, for me, there's always good in things. Mm. Um, and so even though they were two very difficult things to go through at a young age, they kind of taught me a few lessons at a very young age. Mm. Um, so she was 30 at the time. Um, and my mum now runs actually a charity called Think Amy. Um, so she helps raise money to um, try and prevent things like that happening again. Um, and uh, yeah, so without kind of diving into the, the nitty gritty details of that mm. story, um, uh, that kind of gave me a, while I didn't understand it at the time, looking back now, I almost, of got this wake-up call in a sense of wow like you life could hit you at any moment you don't mm. know what could happen you don't know um you know to without making it too depressing when your last day will be but yeah so it kind of gives you this really kind of deep sense of wow i need to make sure i try and live my life to the maximum and, and kind of um you know life is the kind of riskiest game we all play in the sense of we're not going to make it out alive do you know what i mean so you've got to yeah. kind of like do what you can with what you can in the time you have Mm. Um, and so I decided I want to go to university but wasn't quite sure of what I wanted to study mm. um, and wasn't really sure on what I wanted to do which is I tell a lot of kids now it's absolutely fine life is about going out and experiencing different things trying different things making mistakes learning from them things like that so I went to I went to Cardiff Met University um, which I was passionate about sport and being honest, I also typed in best nightlife in, in the <laughs> UK at the time, and, yeah. and Cardiff was up there. Um, uh, and so I thought it wasn't too far away from home, but I'm still getting moving out of that you know, environment because I needed a, a shake up, I needed a new environment. Um, I wanted to have fun and do all those kind of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, moved to Cardiff, uh, studied Cardiff Met, studied sport and PE, which kind of gears you to be a PE teacher, um, yeah. which is great, you know, as a, any kind of teaching or um, profession like that is I think a huge responsibility and I don't think teachers get paid enough or yeah. they're not trained enough because um, they are really kind of easing the next generation into things so it's a very important role 
But anyway, it wasn't for me. I wanted, at the time, I was quite motivated by money, although that's kind of changed now. Um, and so um, I had a few friends who played uh, professionally or were going to play professionally uh, in their respective sport. Mm-hmm. And I met a good friend of mine uh, at university um, called John, and he also had the, was in the same situation, was very motivated by money. Um, had a few friends who played um, sport at a high level. Um, so we decided actually we're going to, let's try and, manage them and be a sport agent and, mm. and represent them. So our first idea, business idea was we'll set up a sport agency that is um, that is uh, going to manage athletes. And so we kind of changed, uh, I changed to sport management my second year. Um, we kind of made sure our modules we picked were kind of best geared towards that. Mm. Um, we then actually did a, a, a eight week online course in between our second and third year summer. Um, and that was with sport management worldwide. And that was, again, looking at diving into being an agent. Um, and uh, so we did that and then pretty much had the business ready to go for when we graduated. Yeah. Which was uh, what, July 2016. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's been a while since then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. um, yeah. So we and then we did that and then we, we quickly realized actually we're... Um, uh, representing athletes without any life experience is quite a big responsibility yeah. probably something I didn't want to mess up their career yeah. anything, you know? um, so um, we pivoted slightly and said well there's all these agencies representing the top sports rights holders like Premier mm. League or clubs yeah. and things like that um, but there was no one doing it at a grassroots level so much less um, kind of money to be negotiated per client but mm. maybe do it on mass um, so we decided to do that quickly realized that wasn't going to make any money um, <laughs> Uh, but then that's kind of how yeah. the, the kind of the foundations to then start the journey. Yeah. No, I think that's, yeah, let's just actually zoom in on a few things. Um, sure. I want to talk about, again, we're going down the depressing route, but I think it has to be, it's, it's unavoidable and that's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're in a very, very particular state of time whereby death is very distant to us, right? So sure, you might have, it's, it's quite rare mm. for... For someone, for example, to pass away in a car accident, yes. right? It's not like it happens every single day, right? Yeah. But you do hear more often than not, and I think it's over seventy percent of the world's deaths today will come out of old age, yeah. right? Because medicine has advanced so much to the point whereby we don't need to really worry about many things, and obviously things like uh, you know airplane safety, car safety have all improved. So mm. the youth are kind of stuck in a mode. It's like yeah, you know. It's, it's like, you know, one life, like YOLO, but like it's, they're using that energy in a sort of toxic manner in some sense, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people think that they're going to live like forever. So people often forget that, you know, once you pass your 18th birthday, right, that's the only time you'll ever get to be 17 before that, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I'm turning 19 this year and I'll never get the chance to be 18 again. So like, yeah. I'll never get this sort of, health, this sort of like, you know, I've never been in the same position ever again. So um, I'm glad that you actually were able to take a lot of that energy from your past mm. and channel it into something that was not just productive for your community, but productive for yourself as well. And perhaps also something that could help you like heal and actually grow as a person. Yeah. So what would you, what advice would you give to young teenagers that are in such a position whereby they're kind of living life as if it's nonchalant yeah. and you know all these different things like what advice would you give to that teenager I think the uh, for me I've something I've kind of wrestled with and, and 
kind of slowly implementing more in my life is this uh, concept of being more present mm. and being more kind of living in the moment. Um, mm. And um, and I think to kind of get to that stage and um, appreciate that more, you kind of have to also be in as like without you know bad there is no good. So you always have you almost have to go through the the motions of not mm. being present to then be present. Yeah, I think the biggest advice yeah I would say to to kind of next generation or people of my age or anyone really because I think it's a something that you know even the you know people that are much older than you haven't maybe grasped and it's something that you can you know kind of help share and that's as a collective species what we should be about we should be more about collaboration and sharing our experiences because you've probably mm. gone through things that I can't fully relate to but mm. you you know you might be able to give me a lesson or say this is what I've learned from this and that may plant a seed in my mind and help me at another stage later in life I don't know but just being more present and realizing okay if you have only got um, let's say one life that we know of mm. um, you know don't put pressure on yourself to you know I have to do XYZ or you know because I've only got one life this has to be done now because almost you can drown yourself in pressure and yeah. not get anything done because it becomes too serious mm. um, so there's a, an element of you know, taking the pressure off, but then just being present, being like, actually, what am I doing right now? What do I enjoy? Um, you know, thinking about the future can be good because it means you can kind of have something to aim for, but then being able to come back and be present for me is really beneficial. Um, and mm. it's something I try and I'm trying to improve upon as well at the same time. Yeah. But something I really value um, and would try and encourage other people to do so. Yeah, um, no, I think it's, it's really important because um, Think we live in a fast-moving world and you've talked about being present and um, I don't want people to interpret that as just like you know do whatever you want because I'm in the moment right mm -hmm. it's more like if you're talking to someone give them a hundred percent of your presence or your attention right um, I feel like because we have so many different things going on we'll literally be talking to our mom or our dad and our phone will go off and all of a sudden it's like you know your attentions at the phone yeah but the more you actually focus right uh, and I think our generation has the lowest like standard of focus at the moment right yeah. the more you focus the more you'll actually be able to put things uh, into perspective and be able to put yourself fully into a task yeah. and also it brings you peace because anxiety is caused because you're thinking too much about the future and depression is usually caused because of things that have happened in the past exactly so if you're in the present you're kind of in the sweet spot mm. so what ways have you found uh, or like uh, how have you practiced being present has it been through meditation what have you been able to do yeah there's been like a variety there's not like a one size fits all kind of thing mm -hmm. there's a variety of things that i've tried um some have worked better than others like meditation um i've definitely tried and i've tried to implement more so as i've um uh, started kind of like you know i guess appreciating it i haven't mm -hmm. as of late recently which is like an interesting thing to reflect upon and mm. going back to your previous question just quickly the as well as being present I think reflecting is a really important thing which mm. can come from being present um, but um, yeah so it's something actually I, I need to improve upon yeah but meditation helps just giving yourself time because just giving yourself time to do something without feeling guilty I felt guilty a lot of the time I should be doing this or should be doing that mm. it's almost like a, a desire to feel bad or desire to feel like something needs to be done yeah um, yeah and so um yeah giving yourself time to just be able to sit be with yourself um you know focus on your, your breath um and just kind of feel that moment um instead of trying to force it kind of feel it through 
you know, exercise, you know, going for you had to like run as high or, you know, the mm. reason why I originally started going to the gym because um, I thought it was a physical uh, and a bit more of an ego thing in the sense of mm. I want to look good. I want to look good to kind of impress other people or mm. feel better about myself. But um, again, it's something that is kind of turned into actually you can really feel mentally if you don't go to the gym or if you don't go do a form of exercise, even if it's just going for a run or um, something like that. Um, you can kind of feel you can feel yourself be more anxious or yeah. um, uh, be more kind of dwelling on the past and things like that. So exercise is important. Routine, coming up with routines that you know you're very focused on that that process. Hmm. Um, uh, I think it's something that you just you generally can practice at any moment in the day. In a sense, right now we can practice it by making sure. Okay, I'm very much we're having a conversation right now. Yeah. And, I know it might be difficult in a sense you're thinking of questions and you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it's different for an interview. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, you're trying to you know just practice it at any moment. Um, yeah. I mean, today I wrote about, I did a blog on flow, so trying to understand flow states more mm. and, and getting into rhythm. Um, mm. And so when you you know look at what flow is and kind of how it's um, not produced, but how you can encourage it, um, mm. a lot of the time it just comes down to just kind of laser focus um, yeah. and bringing just your attention to something even as minuscule as washing up the dishes yeah and actually for those who don't know what flow state is it's basically when you're when you're doing a task whether it's dancing whether you're studying um, whatever it may be you sort of get caught up in that moment mm. to a point where it's almost euphoric mm. right so um, yeah I'd argue that flow state is one of the most useful assets that a mm. lot of uh, professional athletes, a lot of people who are in the top ten or top top one yeah. percent of um, you know their respective fields, always get into flow state, and that means that you're totally, uh, you totally dissociate yourself mm. from anything that is not connected to that flow state. Exactly. And I mean, there's different ways to do it. Um, for for some people, you know, it might be prayer, right? Um, con- concentrate during prayer. That can count as a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for other people, it's literally be surprised but it's in your diet right uh, sometimes uh, you might have a lot of sugary foods that makes your energy go all the way up and then all the way down Crash, so yeah. yeah I mean you have to really like you know just see what works for you mm. I used to watch sunsets and I used to just go into a secluded area and watch the sunset oh, awesome. and reflect on that nice and um, that would kind of also be a way of me just like you know I have the opportunity to thank God that I made it towards the end of the day mm. So for me, that's the way I dealt with it, and um, yeah, I feel like it's it's definitely like mm. important. When did you start watching sunsets? When did you start doing that? Um, actually, it was in my old school. Uh, so <laughs> in South Africa, the the sunsets are phenomenal, okay, and yeah. yeah, I just I just noticed that a lot of us so so often we're looking down that we forget to appreciate the beautiful things around us. Yeah, yeah, you know. So um, something as simple as like you know seagulls flying around um just hope that they don't like poop on you or anything yeah. <laughs> but um something as simple as that um you know you're able to see that it also i'll i'll, I'll trade in something different and perhaps we can reflect on that together yeah. um we can probably <laughs> sorry that's one one of our uh listeners actually commenting in so ashraf um you watch the sunset with me and Kade. <laughs> now just a bit of a joke that's my flatmate um but yeah, no, the, the sunset in Cardiff is also quite beautiful as well. Where would you recommend for that? Penarth? Uh, Penarth is quite good, actually. Yeah, it's, um, I go to a certain club there. And oh, cool. uh, yeah, every Saturday we actually go. And um, 
this this the sunsets like kind of just down the background so yeah there's, there's different ways that you guys can do it but another element that you need to reflect on um and we'll probably start talking about it is gratitude yeah. so have you been able to incorporate gratitude into your life as an entrepreneur and just as a human being in general through this journey yeah yeah i mean um i mean my so my um partner uh, jennifer ward uh, shout out to her um <laughs> she's studying um positive psychology and well-being um, mm. doctorate in Cardiff Met University mm. so she's it's a she did a PhD in um, uh, in positive psychology and so um, it's amazing the kind of work she um, has done and is doing and so kind of through her she can educate me and, and just kind of show me how important <laughs> gratitude is and it's something I um, implemented um, looking back but at the time I wasn't aware of it mm. so I would get very kind of uh, emotional or kind of grateful over you know like my family members or um, maybe of the more obvious things you know mm. and then slowly but surely start to realize actually where does that gratitude begin or end it, it mm. probably doesn't like it's and you could be extremely grateful for the fact that you know we're in this you know room now uh, able to do a podcast where you know we're going to have a dialogue and talk about different topics and people are going to be able to listen to that either mm. now or later and it might resonate with them it might not um we've got a roof over our heads where we can have running water you know we're breathing we're breathing yeah, yeah we're alive like the, the odds of being alive itself is i mean like you know it's in the it's, it's one over something trillion it, yeah, yeah i mean obviously crazy. don't quote me on the numbers yeah. but yeah i heard some like to be yeah to be alive at this yeah. time yeah it's like one in 400 trillion I think yeah. that's the number and then in the all yeah. of the universe it's just it's ridiculous where does it end you know and, and I've yeah. always been into um, uh, without knowing it again a lot of things you kind of when you reflect back it's <laughs> kind of <laughs> obvious but it's hard to reflect in, in the, the moment, recent in yeah. the recent moment and that's something that I think is that kind of distance is shortening the more you practice but um, I've always liked kind of physics and quantum physics mm. but then also philosophy and seeing mm. how those two very different um, concepts um, uh, overlap and so um, yeah just I mean I think we forget as a species we forget that we're on a you know planet that's you know yeah. in a, something as amazing as the universe yeah. you know f flying around this uh, you know bullet mm. of a fireball which yeah. is like, do you know what I mean like when <laughs> you really crazy, think about yeah. it it's it's unbelievable it's amazing and so to be yeah. a part of that and be able to actually witness that see that is incredible and then I think but that is very big picture stuff you know and it's just bringing it mm. down to the finest of details and it's like you know to then yeah. being you know the, I think I talked in you know when I first met you in that talk before Cardiff um, the other uni block um, was that you know the internet has been around for you know yeah accessibly to a lot of people 20 plus years 20 yeah. years like that's like your lifetime, do you know what I mean? Like that's like <laughs> that's yeah. mad, right? It's um yeah. it's amazing. Social media even less so, you know? Mm. Like it's um, almost eight years now actually. Yeah. yeah social media. Like it's, it's like, just incredible. So these are yeah. hugely like you know, generationally kind of changing things. Um mm. and it's so brand new and everyone's kind of getting to grips of it and learning it, and making mistakes. So the opportunity in terms of going back to the entrepreneurship side of things, the set of business, the opportunity's there like it wasn't before. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, I guess, when you start being grateful for that, it can just lead you down a path of maybe going, oh, actually, I'm going to try something or I'm going to yeah. test this idea. And, um, and I guess that gratitude gives you that kind of fuel, that energy mm. to maybe do something you wouldn't have maybe done before. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll just quickly respond to 
one of the comments from Vera. She says one out of a trillion. Actually, I'll, I have one stat that can be verified. So if you go to um, Wikipedia, yeah. no, <laughs> not going to say Wikipedia, but yeah. uh, Prager University is a YouTube channel. Uh, there was a video, it's totally unrelated, but um, about the existence of God. Uh, but they, they spat out a very interesting fact. So the chances of the universe existing, and this is not you being born, right? Um, the chances of the universe existing in its current state, it's, you, it's the same as you uh, flipping a coin, I think it's eight quintillion times, and it landing on heads every single time. So the fact that you know we're existing right now is just, it's a privilege in itself, right? Mm. And I'll just give you, I mean, a few examples. Um, I think of being grateful for certain things. It's like there's so many people that don't have access to what we take for granted. Like when we go out into our kitchen to make breakfast, someone has to walk three miles bare, like you know, barefoot to get a jug of water for their family, and yeah. that's gonna be like that's gonna last them like a day. And for us to imagine that it's like you know, it's kind of distant from us. Yeah. So we don't. I mean, we see it through a TV screen, but we don't actually experience that. Yeah. So I think by constantly reflecting on that and I know Robin Sharma who is one of the uh, world's most acclaimed self-help coaches <clears throat> he recommended that you have uh, a little journal right where you yeah. every single day you write 10 things that are uh, most valuable to you and why you're grateful for them right mm. so or like 10 uh, 10 affirmations as well all these different things that will keep you uh, in the loop and also gratitude in a way also gives you patience yeah and as we've said like in any career or any if you're running a project or if you're running anything, you have to have gratitude because there's going to be times when you're going to be really low, where you will be losing, and you need to really ride that wave until you've kind of reached that point of success where you're happy with it. Yeah. Which brings me to the next part of, um, uh, I guess we're going to start moving on to the next part of the, the podcast. Yeah. I'm just going to start off by asking perhaps, uh, for you, describe a time where you felt like you, know, you wanted to quit or what was the most difficult moment for you as an entrepreneur or just even as a human being in general in relation to, you know? Uh, okay, I, I'll try and probably dissect that up. So uh, mm -hmm. most difficult time as an entrepreneur. So the, the journey we went through with the first business, Arch Sports Management. Um, and so we started with the uh, grassroots uh, clubs and basically we were calling them up and saying, look, can we try and find some sponsorship deals for you? I help the local businesses advertise mm. through sport in their community, which I thought was quite a powerful thing to do. Companies were doing it, and you'd see like, you know, a board with a logo of a local mm. accountancy firm or something along those lines. Mm. And I thought, you know, they could be doing more than that. They could help tell their story of why they are sponsoring that club, and you know, what I mean, um, essentially just add a bit more professionalism to that side of things. Um, so we call up clubs to work for free, uh, which they go, yeah, crack on, boys. Like you know, <laughs> love that. And we take twenty percent of anything we we make, and quickly realised that the lead time or the time it would take to broker a single deal for two hundred quid mm. might take six weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like you're get, get yeah, you're <clears throat> get in touch with the person, sorting out the deal, things like that. And so it's just obviously not feasible, but it mm. allowed us to build confidence in the sense of we're going out of our comfort zone and mm. we're trying new things, you know, and making mistakes and failing and things like that. Um, so that was the value there. But we started working with Kafili Rugby Club, who were given a Guinness Pro at the time, 12 fixture between the Newport Dragons, Cardiff Blues. And um, so we got to work on that um, event, which was a huge experience for us. Um, again, speaking to larger brands about this, it was on you know, 
TV and things like that. Oh, wow. And um, yeah. so, you know, that only happened because there was a fixture clash between Newport Dragons, meant to play at Newport, and their football club. So they had to relocate to that amateur mm. club, try and engage with the regions more. And um, so I had no idea that was going to happen. But the, you know, the whole I talk about, in, um, you know, people have this perception that anyone that is successful, and by all means, I guess the premise for this podcast is, in no way do I think I'm successful in the sense of, mm. you know, like a multimillionaire or even making uh, yeah. a massive amount of money. Um, but I am successful in kind of building the, the kind of initial foundations mm. that will enable me to do that at some point. Um, mm. So anyway, so um, yeah, we started doing that. You know, that event which I couldn't envision uh, opened us up to more professional clubs. We then met um, a really cool guy called Adam Palfrey, um, who was an ex Cardiff Blues player, um, and he'd gone over to Asia to be a kind of a commercial director for Inter Milan, and, mm. and he, he represented rugby players at one point. <coughs> um, he was working with the Elite Ice Hockey League. I don't know if you've ever been to an ice hockey game in the no. UK. Not many people know about it. I didn't know about it before the time before doing it. But it's a it's an amazing event. It's like it's wow. for fan engagement, for just a good time. It's just unbelievable, and it's again under the radar. Not many people know about it. So we started working on um, started working on uh, the Elite Ice Hockey League, and we actually um, at one point our agency was uh, the sole agency representing that commercial ice at wow. elite level. So we slowly grew up. So we're now, you know, they were on uh, free sports, um, you know, getting, you know, roughly uh, on average maybe ten thousand fans a game, um, wow, and really so nice. like in a stadium. If you look at Cardiff Devils as a local franchise, and, and it's an amazing night out. They're one of the smaller stadiums, but they're probably one of the best for the an experience. Mm. Um, and um, so we're working on that, and all right, that you know, we were speaking to large brands like Tim Hortons and. You know, mm. Big company negotiated a deal, a company called AJ Products in Europe, who are like the IKEA but for workspace. Mm. Um, and uh, so yeah, we worked on cool stuff. But then at the end of our contract, they decided not to renew us. They oh. wanted different things. Um, you know, I think they were, we were trying to grow their league brand, but their um, franchise brand w- brands were still kind of needing development. Mm. So it kind of meant we were butting heads a lot of the time. We were trying to take them digital, so off free sports and go mm. on a, a pure OTT platform, so over the top media, um, you know, making ice hockey more accessible to people, building that yeah. fan base, but they just weren't in a position to do that or want to do that. So they so, just dropped you? Yeah, so then essentially, the going back to your question is, we, we that was you know two year process of learning all those things and getting to that position, and then all of a sudden we're back at square one again. And oh, at wow. those moments, you can feel like, okay, I'm not good enough, or you have the doubt, or I'm a failure, or things like that, maybe I should you know, start and do something else. And and so that process, that kind of uh, experience, is you have to pick yourself back up again. Mm. And so to do that once and realize and know how hard it is to then think I've got to do that again, can be quite a daunting lot, yeah. task. Yeah, so that was probably one of the, like, the most difficult times as an entrepreneur. Um, uh, in, in terms of my life, it goes back to you know things like you know losing close loved ones and realizing actually you don't know mm. when that the appreciation of you don't know when um, someone is going to go or you, you know it's kind of like trying to cherish the people you love and care about whether it's family friends um, yeah. while you can. Um, so having that was probably the most difficult thing in, in terms of me personally. Um, yeah, no, I mean it, it. It does. I mean I've not really experienced. I mean, I have experienced major failures as well. Mm. Um, I won't go into detail in the sake of time, uh, but yeah, I definitely I can't I can't really relate on that sort of level because you've built a whole business and then 
your biggest client decides to drop out. Yeah. It's it's quite it's humiliating. I mean, it doesn't mean you shouldn't feel bad about it, but if you start to dwell on it, that's when it starts to affect your character. Yeah. Right? And um it's unfortunate, but we've had quite a few entrepreneurs take their lives. Um whether they're making, you know, social media websites and all that stuff. Right. And then a new big one like TikTok for example comes out and it blows even the biggest apps. Yeah out of the water yeah. you know people sort of just feel like the ideas aren't valued enough right mm. and um i mean just as some form of consolation i think the idea for kfc those over 2000 tries with the recipe so uh colonel sanders actually took the idea to so many different restaurants and it was over 2000 of them and they all rejected him yeah and this man was 60 yeah. <laughs> he was 60 and fought in i think both of the world wars mm. and he had nothing like left to lose but he still kept going and by the time he was finished you know like um kfc actually managed to grow you know into the u.s and then nowadays like i know after his death right kfc has become a worldwide brand yeah right so definitely guys if you're thinking of starting something don't let setbacks whether they're minor or major right let don't let them actually hold you back yeah and that's going to bring me into the next part which is probably the most exciting part the most mysterious part of the podcast <laughs> for all the people who are part heads Here out there go. this this one's for you right um so you started that business you had the failures and everything yeah and then all of a sudden a total u turn like no one would have saw it coming yeah you went into like a cbd business yeah like, briefly just explain what cbd is the misconceptions around it and why you decided to go into that. So C- CBD is uh, kind of one of the many kind of cannabinoids uh, of the cannabis plant. It's mm. the non-psychoactive part, so it doesn't get you high or anything like that. That's <laughs> THC. Um, but essentially, it's one of the compounds in the cannabis plant. And cannabis is an interesting one because it's, um, if you look back in terms of to the kind of research that was being done in the kind of like 40s, 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. um, it's been, well, even past that, I'm just talking about Western kind of world at the moment, is um, it was heavily looked at for kind of medicinal purposes. Mm. Um, and uh, there's a really good book uh, called Stealing Fire, which I'd highly recommend. It goes mm. into flow state and it talks about the research that's been done by that and how they kind of, it's, you know, they give you examples from top CEOs in Silicon Valley to the SAS. Um, to athletes mm. and things like that. Really good book, recommend it. Um, but anyway, so uh, I was kind of working with, um, for my sport agency, working with Cage Warriors, who were like the MMA um, Fighters, organization. Warrior, yeah, yeah. They're the, kind of the one below UFC. It's kind of UFC and then Cage Warriors and, and maybe slightly above them is Bellator. Mm. Um, like Conor McGregor came through Cage Warriors to then go to oh, UFC. Wow, wow. <clears throat> so it's, that's the kind of um, organization. And they had a new sponsor um, come on board, uh, who were a CBD brand, and mm. they come over from the states, um, and they were kind of, uh, you know, actively targeting the kind of athletes, um, and that's how I got introduced to CBD. Obviously, I smoked cannabis in the past, and kind of sort of knew of that, um, <laughs> but um, was unaware of kind of CBD and its kind of its, yeah. its kind of purposes. Um, and so uh, I took some samples. I was struggling with um, stress uh, and anxiety at the time slightly. Again, it was in a position where the agency wasn't quite working to the way I wanted it. I was two, three years in, mm. um, you know, kind of going through the kind of the motions, I guess, a bit of uh, trying to find my grounding feet. Um, it's a bit stressing. And, now, and I was suffering a little bit with sleep. So my sleep wasn't, wasn't quite great. I was um, not having quality sleep, taking a bit of time to fall asleep, mm. things like that. And while I can't advocate for it on a medical basis, because 
it, you know I mean, it's, I'm not a doctor, and also that I think that a lot more research has to be done with mm. CBD. But for me, I can only talk about from my personal view, is um, just taking it, whether placebo or not, um, enabled me to feel calmer, feel a bit more relaxed, have a bit more of a kind of a, a restful kind of like layer to my day. Um, and when stressful things happened, I felt I was a bit surprised of how I felt in terms of a bit more, I guess, grounded and present and relaxed. Mm. Um, gave it to, I had some cream as well. It's very good, supposedly, very good for um, uh, reducing inflammation. Mm. Um, and especially for like kind of a joints and muscle pain. My grandparents who suffer with arthritis, for them it's quite painful. Mm. I said, look, just try this, give it a go, let me know how, how it, um, if it works or not. They called me the next day, said that stuff was amazing, like it worked within minutes. <laughs> um, and so eventually, yeah. like, could you get some more? Um, <laughs> so um, for me, um, <clears throat> I went to Holland About to get some more, again for myself and for them. And I saw that all of the, the branding was around, um, uh, it was kind of like, is in Holland about it and places like that at the time. But it was all focused on like marijuana leaf on the label. And mm. it was all like marijuana leaf or clinical looking. And for me, I thought that was off-putting and there's a stigma around cannabis or marijuana. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, again, goes, if you look back, it's started from uh, a lot of research being done in the kind of 50s around you have a system in your body called the endocannabinoid system. Um, it's one of the largest systems in your body. Um, it's built up of CB1 and, uh, and CB2 receptors. Mm that are mainly produced in your kind of your gut and in your brain. And their kind of direct responsibility as receptors are to, um, when you're anxious and stressed, to kind of uh, combat the chemicals that are involved in that. Um, so by taking CBD, in theory, you're enhancing the amount of receptors and the quality of receptors in your endocannabinoid system, and therefore indirectly kind of um, reduce your kind of stress, supposedly, yeah. because the research is being done right now. So <laughs> I can't make definite claims. Um, but yeah, so I yeah. thought I'll start my own brand and I wanted to implement like the things we've talked about more. For me, it goes beyond just CBD's be all and end all. This is the thing that you need to take to sort your problems, problems out. out. Yeah. It's more of a manifestation of the philosophy that we've discussed, the mm. yin-yang, um, finding balance, you know, finding that routine, finding that present moment. That's kind of what the, the brand is about. CBD is a kind of an initial product that can help with that, but it's not the be all and end all. Yeah. So that's kind of what I wanted the brand to represent and, and be about. Um, but yeah, I yeah. highly recommend people to at least look at it. and. and yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess we can also do some, some sort of free marketing right now go, as well. Yeah. Uh, so the brand is called Kokora. That's K-O-K-O-R-A. And uh, he's actually managed to hook me up with a free... Uh, sort of <laughs> vial of um, CBD oil uh, and if you guys want to find out what actually happens I'm going to try it on Instagram and <laughs> just follow nice. me for one of the videos I'll tag Ben as well and I'll do a little before and after so I'll post that on Instagram and TikTok sure. but yeah definitely I mean this is interesting and um, you know the branding is quite different I know you guys can't see it but um, it's basically there's no sort of indication that this could come from weed. You just see CBD and like it prompts you to do research. So yeah. um, what was the process behind this business? Because before the podcast, we talked yep. and you explained that it actually took you almost two years to actually launch the product. Right? Yes. So what was the whole process behind branding and creating this product? <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, the, the idea, you know, working with Cage Wars was about two years ago. And so that's when the kind of seed was planted. Uh, pardon the pun, actually, thinking about it. But um, <laughs> it was uh, it, something I kind of uh, started looking into. Um, 
and uh, just over time through again more experiences that I've gone through recently um, I, they enabled me to kind of channel what I believe in something that's very authentic to me into a brand so I think that if anyone's ever out there trying to uh, start a company and if especially if it's product based um, I think that your brand is essentially an, uh, kind of an extension of you it's, mm. um, it's very you know ideally very authentic very honest very genuine um, and if it's something you believe in um, or even if it's something you, let's post it the other way if you were to produce something that you don't fully believe in mm. you're going to struggle you're going to be like an uphill grind um, in a sense of it's going to feel uncomfortable trying to promote it and things like that so if it's something you believe in and it's something that's a part of you that part of things is a lot easier so I just wanted to make sure what I was building in terms of a brand in terms of its mission in terms of its processes and things like that was very authentic and for mm. it to be very authentic, I couldn't do it on a whim. Like I had to take time, reflect, consider things, uh, and kind of give it the attention it deserved. I could have launched a lot sooner if I wanted to, but I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure it was very mm. honest. Um, and so, I mean, the, the, the name itself, um, so Kokoro came from a, a Japanese word, um, uh, Kokoro, so replace the A with an O. Mm. Uh, and essentially the translation obviously might not be exactly right, but it essentially means um, the kind of connection of mind, body, and spirit. So kind of getting that alignment mm. of mind, your body, and spirit. And again, finding that flow, finding that balance. Um, and so I really liked that. I merged that with the word aura, so kind of improving how you mm. feel. And for me, that kind of came up with a brand that was pulling on essence of me into, and channeling that into Kokoro. Um, I kind of worked with an agency around the branding side of it, so explained to them what it meant to me, and, and they would come up with visual kind of um, concepts uh, and I got to a stage where I had one that was really good but at the end of the day I, I didn't feel like it was quite honest and it was almost like trying too hard and mm. so I kind of wanted to get this more minimalist as at the time I was trying to live more of a minimalistic life so I was very, before I told you I was very motivated by money yeah. and wanted materialistic things whereas now I'm completely the other way yeah. money is kind of like a byproduct it's more experiences that I want to obtain and, um, and I think sometimes simplicity and clean is better Mm. So I had a brand, I said, oh, actually, before I've even launched, I'm going to rebrand. Yeah. And so rebranded it, and that came up with what I have now, which I'm really proud of. Yeah, most, yeah, it does look, I mean, I, again, I wish I could show you guys, and you'll probably see it on Instagram as well, but the branding is, it's just, it's it's first class branding. Thank you. Um, I must say, because, um, and we're going to actually look at the, the website as well, right? <clears throat> so... Um, you guys won't be able to see it, but we'll briefly describe what's on the website. Sure. So, I mean, I'm just going to go from memory because my iPad is off. Currently. Sure, yeah, no worries. Uh, but um, let's just look at the the deeper things on the website. So on the website, there are a couple of pictures and uh, there's three words, actually, that they, that are said there. I'm not sure which three words they are. Okay, you're yeah. talking about the clear, breathe, disrupt? Yes, yeah, so clear, yeah. breathe and disrupt, right? So you just briefly explain what that means okay. in... And like how that related to your brand and what made you think that you needed to go that deep in terms of the branding. Yeah, so, sure. Okay, I'm trying to backtrack slightly in the sense of, mm -hmm. um, uh, in terms of those two years, not only was I developing the, obviously the, the brand itself and that authentic part of it, but at the same time I was doing something I'd never done before. So mm. I'd never, I'd done a service business. Um, uh, however, I wanted to get experience in launching a products because then it means if I'm ever doing a service business again in terms of marketing or advice like that I'm pulling upon my own authentic experience mm. I wanted just to, to build another experience to, to me myself um, so I was having to learn 
the website, the fulfillment side of things, finding a manufacturer, going through the white label process, designing the labels. Mm. Um, so in those two years, um, it was a, a sense of going outside my comfort zone and learning new things. So, and it's honestly more simple than you think. And so if there's listeners out, or, yeah, listeners out there who are thinking about, you know what, I wanted to launch this or do something along these lines. Mm. It's honestly more simple than you think. If you imagine that you need your website built, platforms out there now like Shopify, you know, Wix, yeah, Squarespace, um, Squarespace yeah. are really good and very, um, you know, I've not got a coding background. And so something like that was perfect for me in the sense of it's almost like pre-built. You've got your website mm. basics there. You're just going to learn how to move things around, change things, integrate things. So once you've got your website built, you're just looking for little add-ons, little kind of systems that are going to sing with that website. Mm. So in terms of the, okay, if someone was to buy my product, they like what they see and they purchase it, they've got to be a payment gateway ready. So even though CBD is a difficult industry to get that done, it is possible. Mm. So found a payment gateway, <clears> and then you look at, okay, well, how is it going to be delivered? So once the product's manufactured, find a um, kind of logistics side. So like I use Royal Mail. They've got a system mm. called Click and Drop, which integrates directly with Shopify. And oh, it, nice. means, and it yeah. means that when something is placed on the, my website, the information goes to Royal Mail. It's a very easy process. Just print the label, put the product in a bag, stick the label on, take that to the post office and away it goes mm. so it's a very simple thing but obviously going through the setting up of it it can take time and you're learning new things yeah. so that's really just a quick fire way of what I was doing in those two years as well mm. in terms of back to the website so you mentioned the kind of for me I really like the kind of intricate very um, finite details of uh, the branding of the messaging and things like that so you know while I was looking at the layout and I was working with my business partner um, uh, who's kind of going to take lead on the, the marketing side of things very very experienced in digital marketing um, a guy called Craig Goodwin um, we wanted to make it very simple but very deep and meaningful and so mm. going back to the branding the, the name itself came from a saying which meant aligning mind, body and spirit so I wanted three initial products which one could be for the mind one could be for the body one could be for the spirit so mm. The tinctures, the oil drops were for the kind of for your mind because um, that's kind of what they're associated with in terms of you know feeling calmer and reducing anxiety. Um, the body was the muscle cream, so again for aches and pains or going to the gym and taking it to help your muscle recovery. Um, and then for the spirit, for me, I was at the time starting to vape, not because of, mm. of a I need to quit smoking you know, in terms of cigarette smoking, but for me, I liked the process and it was a, a almost like a visual way of focusing on my breath. So vaping mm. on the surface can be just seen as a, a thing that you do for looking cool. But for yeah. me, it was more, I liked the flavor. I liked a bit of a CBD hit because it's very instant. Um, but also it was an, a way for me to, at the time, just bring myself to present and just focus on the breath. Mm. So it was a way of practicing that. At the same time, vaping is a very new thing. So every, you know, I would recommend to everyone look into if their health hazards and things like that. Because yeah. at the same time, I'm not an <coughs> expert. I don't know. So I don't want to recommend mm. it for someone. It's just more I'm telling you what I, yeah, yeah, what yeah. I do with yeah. it. Um, and um, so once the website was built and it was very simple and clear looking, um, I was kind of aligning those three products to those three ta categories. And so for me, the tincture was to clear your mind. The um, uh, vape was to kind of focus on your breath, to breathe. And then the body, um, the muscle cream was um, to kind of disrupt your body and go mm. to the gym, do exercise, do something that's a bit disruptive, a bit... Um, yeah, uh, kind of expanding out of your comfort zone. So, um, <clears throat> and then those three messages, those three categories were clear, brief, disrupt, 
and on that finite detail, it's CBD. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is the point. <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it's more trying to find those, how can, as a website, as a brand, mm-hmm. I want to speak to the customer every moment I can. Mm. So it's trying to find that as they're looking through the website, it's almost like it's speaking to you on levels that you might not even be aware of at the time. Yeah. But when you look back at it, you may appreciate it, you may not. Yeah, and no, I think it's I think it's really cool because um, I mean I was actually in a digital marketing class and um, he mentioned those three words and I would never have thought it was actually CBD, right? So even if someone doesn't choose to buy your product, in a sort of way subconsciously their brain has recognized that there's a C, there's a B, and there's a D. So every single time that they read something about that, it sticks, and that might end up in a future purchase in the, like, you know, just a future person for mm. your brand, right? So I think that's really cool. Uh, but my question is, um, what else on the website specifically? I think you've talked about the Our Story part of oh, the website. Oh, yes. I think it's a really special thing that you've done on your website. Just care to explain to the rest of the... Yeah, listeners. so again, that messaging, I think there's always opportunity to have a bit of a deeper meaning to things or a bit of a deeper message than maybe what is normal or kind mm. of common in, in industry and in businesses. So for me, I was looking at kind of our, you see our story on websites and brands and it's very much about us and you know what we've that we were launched on this year and we've we've moved to this country and we did this and it's to me it just felt very kind of like repetitive in the sense of people were doing the same thing it's mm. like here's our timeline as a business which was very kind of factual but it wasn't very meaningful and so um instead of doing kind of a, a story about the business i thought well it's Essentially, Kokoro has come from myself and um, Craig, and so um, and the experiences we've gone through. So why don't we just relate that through our story page? So I wanted to mm. have it formatted as like a letter. So I have no idea of who's going to go to Kokoro. Um, I have no idea who's going to the, the brand is going to resonate with. Um, it may resonate with a hundred people. It may resonate with a million people. I don't know. Um, but for who those who do come to the website. I wanted it to be a letter to them and just say, look, if you found this, this is how Kokoro was for us. It was a huge long process of learning about myself, learning about experiences I've gone through, reflecting on myself, um, making mistakes and, and making course corrections and um, and eventually trying to pursue a passion of mine. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm very passionate about business and entrepreneurship and trying things. And I'm very passionate about health and well-being. And I'm very passionate about philosophy and physics. And so it's Kokoro to me is like a, it's almost like a manifestation of all those things into something that's, that's a bit of me. And it may mm. resonate with you, it may not. And yeah. so that letter is just, if you discover that letter, this is what it means to me. And you know, it's trying to promote that, be authentic, be genuine, make mistakes and grow kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's really important to start integrating um, your own personality or the personality of your team into the brand that you're building because mm. at the end of the day social media has made it so that if you have a brand it's very hard to you know dissociate the brand from the person who actually created it because at the end of the day you, this brand is formed from your own biases your mm. own experiences and all these different things and i mean the moment i say tesla you'll think elon musk Absolutely. and even when he comments on twitter his posts are so influential to the point where they can actually influence the stock market. Yeah. yeah. And um, when you think about something like Facebook, you know, you'll think Mark Zuckerberg, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, guys, personal brand comes with everything. Whether you're a doctor that's studying, you know, that's a, you wanted to be a doctor and you're studying medicine right now, personal branding begins now. And personal branding manifests itself in different ways. 
uh, whether it's through you know uh, the exams that you're taking right you'll be known as oh that student who got that first class degree right mm. or whether you're starting a business and uh, you know let's say you mess up on someone's order and you decide to give the client something for free that's part of your personal branding because personal branding is such a selfless process uh, as much as it can seem also selfish right but it's basically you saying this is me this is my business and I'm trying to form a community, not just people who purchase your product, but experience and integrate with your product mm. as a whole. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to kind of both find and build your tribe in some yeah. instance, like um, people who res- you resonate with and who resonate with you and you share similar ideas. And it's not to say your idea is right or the best, it's just this is what we believe, this is what we're about, yeah. and obviously everyone's welcome kind of thing, so. Yeah, I mean, so what, generally speaking, what kind of tribe, in quotes, are you looking for uh, to hop on this Kokoro brand? I think it's um, it's very much, there is an essence of uh, kind of ex- experience and pushing your kind of comfort zone, pushing your limits, uh, mm. going outside of, of your comfort zone. Um, having almost like a, a drive, an inner desire, an inner kind of pull to improve yourself, to learn, to grow um, in kind of all facets of life. Um, to you know, take care of yourself. To find what works for you in terms of like your health and well-being, and it's and it's something that will probably the brand will evolve over time. Simply because for me, like I'm 24 years old, turning 25 mm. this year, I'm like still learning a hell of a lot. Like in as this process goes on, both business-wise and professionally and, and personally. Um, so I mean, this is not me kind of to say yeah. that you know in these areas I've you know figured it out. It's more of a case of these are things that I care about and I'm trying to improve upon, mm. and I think they play an important part in my kind of health and well-being and my development. Um, so the kind of the in, in essence that's the tribe I'm looking for. Anyone that's kind of on the similar journey or a similar path. Self development. Self development. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of a, a bit of boundary pushes in the sense of you know trying to improve themselves and society because at the end of the day we all learn from each other and um, mm. I think at, before I used to try and almost wait for a lesson to come to me or wait for someone to f- figure it out for me or tell me whereas now mm. I'm like, actually no it's, it's I'm in control it's down to me and I've got to do that so um, it's just taking that ownership um, being authentic yeah. and, and trying to improve right and uh, as we move into the last six minutes um, I'm just gonna make a small public service announcement if you guys don't know how to comment, you can easily make an account and then just quickly comment. So in the last um, six minutes, you can just comment or ask any questions that you have because Ben's only going to be here for the next six minutes, unfortunately. And um, after, I answer, after I ask a few more of the questions, I'll come back to you guys. So please be sure to ask any other questions while you still have the time. And I guess my, my next um, question would probably be then, um, you, you said you're 24, which is quite, it's amazing. You started two businesses and um, I guess you've, I'd say you've been on pretty much an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey since you've like been through uni and everything mm. and you've graduated, you've started two businesses. Like, you know, um, <clears throat> how does that actually feel as someone that's in quotes that young? And um, how does it feel when you walk into a room and do, do people treat you differently? Like, are there older executives that look down upon you? What's the experience been like being so young in such an industry? I think the uh, a lot of the time it can, like, sound cooler than it is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, as I said, I'm not in terms of anywhere near the, uh, you know, su- as successful as I would like to be uh, mm-hmm. or will be. Um, but it's more <coughs> in that early stages. And so I kind of, you know, it's just I appreciate that as well. Um, 
it's been uh, an amazing up and down journey uh, at times where you, you don't quite realize why you're doing certain things and it's like yeah. a bit more uh, difficult more self-doubt kind of creeps in um, but at the same time for me I wouldn't be doing anything different and also to acknowledge that you know in the sense of I'm I've had a lot of support to do that mm. I've had a family who have backed me and kind of supported me when I need support both financially and and um, kind of personally um, you know whether it's just kind of a bit of love a bit of guidance um, uh, the belief so I've had a lot of support for my family I've had a hell of a lot of support for my friends um, mm. you know as I said people who have you know given me a chance or given me an opportunity um, right now I'm working for my agency with the um, Ospreys Rugby Club um, looking at developing the campaign for all of their kind of premium partners so I had to get given you know someone had to believe in me enough to give me that opportunity so I've had a lot of support along the way um, it feels uh, I feel good in the sense of I'm I'm glad I'm trying um, mm. and that it's just through the trying really is where the value lies like in the I think that one of the biggest things people regret on their deathbed is they wish they tried, they tried yeah that's more <laughs> thing, yeah. you know it's like you don't regret what you did try you regret yeah. what you didn't try and so um, I'm very kind of grateful that I've learnt that um, mm. at such an early stage and I think that yeah your age does play a factor in the sense of people the you know generations above may who are in a position um, may say actually you are you know unexperienced and things like that mm. but then I think it's all down to what you do with your time everyone has the same amount of 24 hours in a day um, to do what they um, are capable of doing and so I've met people who are 30 years old and they have the experience or act like they're 20 do you know what I mean? I yeah. met people who are like, you know, who are young, yeah. you know, our age or slightly younger, who are like, you know, 17, 18 years old, and you're like, wow, that's like, you're like a 50 year old in terms of experience <laughs> and maturity yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So I think time is kind of irrelevant. Um, yes, some people may see me as quite young and therefore inexperienced, mm. but I think that I've um, I'm experienced more um, than maybe I would I would have done if things had gone a different way. Um, and also by being younger, you kind of have a fresher outlook on things and new ideas and stuff so I just try and play all my strengths and, and when I'm speaking to them make them feel and show them that actually yeah I do hold like high standards to myself and I have pushed myself quite far and that I am willing to learn and if I can give you the answer now in terms of a new idea marketing campaign here's a business that I think you should partner with or collaborate with then mm. great um, but at the same time if I don't have the answers right now I've proven that I'm going to go and find out yeah yeah so, I think it's a huge it's a huge challenge that the youth are facing um, especially <clears throat> if you're seeking to get into any field especially where it requires experience a lot of people think age equals experience in most cases or in a lot of cases it does I wouldn't I'd hesitate to say most as well um, but in very I'd say prevalent cases such as social media in an age where a lot of new things are coming out mm. I'm starting to see that the tables are turning yeah control what you can control will be one of my, the biggest lessons I've try and tell myself mm -hmm. um, so try and tell others but control what you can control and that actually okay if if you look back the way things have been done previously might have been more of that climbing the ladder in terms of a mm -hmm. business and so when you look at that young people can get frustrated and like oh well I don't have I don't want to I shouldn't have to work for 15 years to get to that same position if you do it the old way that's how you most likely mm -hmm. will do it but now look there's different playing cards you can like play with so now okay am I going to you know start to build more social media accounts um, you don't have to have a huge amount of following, but just try and see if you can do stuff mm. like that. Try and add value to yourself, and then you'll be able to add value to someone else. Yeah, no, I think that's a powerful way to 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 end off. Um, but we'll actually see. Um, did you receive any discouragement from your friends or family? 
I mean, that's already kind of been answered, but I, um, I mean, we can... I did, yeah. very quickly, sorry, I did, um, in the sense of your family will, um, they care for you, um, mm. hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but like, my family definitely cared and loved for me, so I think they were worried about, oh, okay, he's going to have a lot of setbacks, he's going to mm. fail, how is he going to be able to cope with that? Um, so I think they were worried for me, and your family may try and, they, they want you to be safe, and they want you to be happy, but indirectly they can make you unhappy, because they're mm. trying to kind of control or shelter you, bubble wrap you. So in the at the beginning, they were a bit hesitant, and kind of did... Um, uh, maybe kind of discourage me without them realizing it um friends not really i think sometimes because i've changed i've, I've put myself in certain positions and experiences where it's changed me quite rapidly i think when you change people can almost become a bit more distant from you because mm. they've got oh, you've changed man you know what i mean like it's in change yeah. makes people reflect on themselves and so if i'm you know you might say something to a friend or something you've learned or whatever and you know, it makes them question themselves. That can be quite challenging for them. So friends can sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, discourage you in that sense because of the effect you have on them. But most of the time, it's just surround yourself with people that you know love and care for you and want you to do well for you. So yeah, and that's what definitely I'm grateful that I've got that. All right, uh, thank you so much for your time, Ben. And I'd say uh, it's been a great podcast. We've been able to learn more about, of course, you know, your business. Um, more about your personal life as an entrepreneur and the challenges that you've had to deal with. Mm. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in. Pariah Nation is now on Spotify, Radio Republic. We'll be posting more on SoundCloud as well. But our main area in which you can find our podcast is anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. And just let me know in the comments or through the DMs or anything if you would like to ask Ben any questions indirectly or anything else. Thank you guys and have a wonderful afternoon.